Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey everyone, this is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and today I am joined with a uh, fellow engineer, Karen Chauvin. Karen, how are you today? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks for uh, bringing me on. Yeah, absolutely. And where are you um, physically residing these days, Karen? I'm based out of Saskatoon and Saskatchewan, so oh, okay. in the middle of Canada. Yeah. Well, you know, I got my master's degree at the U of A, so I very much know what the so-called prairie provinces are like. Nice. Although I think I think Edmonton is maybe a little bit different than than uh, Saskatoon, but the similarities exist anyway. Yeah, it just depends on. There's there's definitely similarities in terms of climate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Chilly winter. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, Karen, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your education. All right. Um, so, I guess I've been in mining for just over 20 years, I guess, and uh, started out as a geological engineer, uh, graduated out at UBC, and um, did some graduate studies in mine waste management and whatnot. And uh, fairly quickly got thrown out into the field of mining and building dams. Uh, so that was uh, my first foray into uh, the world of tailings. Um, most of my career has been um, focused on tailings and mine waste management. I guess about the first half of my career I was out um, so building dams, managing dam contracts and making sure everything's done properly, keeping up with brochette and <laughs> things like that, um, doing tailings characterization studies. I worked in the oil sands for four years, so I got to do lots of interesting uh, investigations out on the pond, pushing cones and floating on barges and driving uh trafficability uh, units just to see how far we could get onto the surface. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's some interesting things. <clears throat> and then uh, and then I did a lot, um, some more work in the corporate office where I was a lot involved with uh, closure and reclamation planning and trying to uh, move progressive reclamation forward uh, and just oversight of tailings and mine waste facilities. Uh, reporting on performance and then you know I got I was so I guess vocal about trying to always do better that I got pulled into one of the first uh, sort of sustainability teams when I was working with Chemical they had this initiative where they wanted to embed sustainability into the organization and all their operations and I was lucky enough to get picked to pull on that team and um, yeah, just did lots of work around benchmarking, tracking data, 
um, opportunity analysis to see where we should begin. And it, so my world expanded in that time frame from just tailings and mine waste to all things environment, uh, you know, water, waste, energy, uh, air emissions even is doing some stuff. And um, that happened, I was with Chemical for seven years doing that work. And, uh, and then, you know, I went out on my own. <laughs> After Fukushima, Chemical was kind of letting people go and mm. I lost a bunch of members of my team. Yeah. So I just decided to go out on my own and figure out what I wanted to do. And so now I'm, uh, I'm doing that. I'm, I've got work where I can pull in sustainability elements, um, work on tailings and mine waste management, of course. Uh, that's one of my core focus areas now, but uh, just trying to help other companies uh, get yeah. better, right? Managing risks. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's great. And it's very <clears throat> timely also with our new uh, global tailing standards. They talk a lot about risk and understanding risk and quantifying it. And I, I think there's going to be quite a bit more of that coming up uh, in, in not just the near future, but for the long term. Yeah, I, I think uh, the profile on tailings, uh, awareness on tailings has raised significantly and I don't think that's ever going to go away now um, videos of failure and the consequences in the news is yeah yeah and, it and changes I'm, things it does yeah people that didn't know anything about mining have seen those clips on on uh, various different social media platforms and it, it is an emotional thing yeah I uh, I actually use that main clip when I lecture at the UVS here, and it's difficult to just talk through it, you know, and go through it with the students, and you know, they get it, yeah. <laughs> and they they need to, yeah, yeah, it's. It's horrifying to watch that. It, it's absolutely just terrifying. So tell us a little bit about your company, what your company does and what you do for your company. Um, so right now, I sort of decided to um, back away from the broader scope of sustainability, although everything I do is related to that. Um, and I'm focusing in on tailings and mine waste management and all things in that um, capacity from risk reduction through to creating value. So I kind of have two ends of the spectrum for existing facilities where I want to help companies understand the levels of risk they are managing, um, help the teams to really get um, the risks they each individually manage. Um, because one of my biggest frustrations over my career has been going to a site and finding that, for example, in instrumentation techs have no idea what the data means that they're collecting. 
They don't know why it's why they're collecting it. They don't understand why they have the frequency of collecting it. And it's just sort of a mundane check your box. I'm done with yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it frustrates. Yeah. Um, so I, will, I really um, want to focus in on helping teams to understand the criticality of their jobs. And to so that would help you know improve the communications they understand if there's a change in something they can do something about it um and then what to do so that's the on the sort of existing tailings management side of things um <clears throat> but i have a much bigger uh sort of ambition on the side of circularity and mining to uh, facilitate companies discovering what other value is associated with their wastes. And when I say waste, I mean everything. So tailings and waste rock, water, uh, the land that they are working on, what else can be done there when they close, the infrastructure, how else can it be used, sold, uh, repurposed, whatever um, we can do to um, maximize the value, not just for the company, but for the surrounding community and maybe that longer term economic prosperity within the region. So, yeah. 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 It's that's uh, great. Yeah. And I've, yeah. You, you mentioned the uh, people at the mine site not knowing the importance of the data. And, and one of the dangers there is that they just don't do it for a few days. Maybe that's the most critical few days for your bosometer readings. And so once they understand it, they can buy into it. And if it's difficult, if it's a hot day or a rainy day or whatever, they still know the importance of gathering that data. Yeah, I also find that the more people understand uh, the purpose of their jobs, uh, you know, the more that they buy into like if change needs to happen the why um, and they'll help you figure out better ways of doing things Um, you know working in the whole sustainability integration aspect of um, my role at Cameco showed me that collaboration and talking amongst each other the different disciplines actually engaging with each other to help that understanding um, to understand like how each person's job impacts another, um, all of those things help working together to change things for the better. And um, so, yeah, the biggest, um, I guess, the biggest gains that I ever made was when I brought together people in workshops who were from siloed disciplines siloed sites you know they're all working on the same things but not talking to each other yeah and that's where the greatest gains have always been made so it's one of those that's why i really like the i like the idea of bringing people together all the time so yeah that's great and i've seen that kind of thing in like a risk assessment workshop where people that are in, in different buildings they don't normally get together they you know not even around the coffee machine so yeah, that, that can be really interesting to see other people's take on whatever the conversation is. Yeah, yeah. 
Karen, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because you had a recent article in CIM magazine. And in the magazine is called a new tool for tailings risk management, the tailings risk management arsenal. And then it's subtitled developing a tailing storage facility scorecard makes comparing and communicating risks clear and efficient. So what what is what is maybe maybe you could just tell us about it before I ask you a specific question. <laughs> sure. Um, so this is a project actually that uh, I've been working on with Agnico Eagle for the last two years almost. And um, we worked through a full list of criteria. So this is kind of predating the global tailing standard, but interestingly enough, the set of criteria we have is quite well aligned with mm. that mm -hmm. on the technical elements. So um, basically what, what we have is a list of criteria that um, with the design engineer or engineer record, somebody who has access to all the right information can evaluate how well do we understand have we assessed all the different failure modes and um, you know so it's it goes through investigation it goes through um, lab analysis and testing it goes through the design elements the construction how well we uh, constructed it according to design and how we track changes and all of these things assess risks um, and then also in the operations side um, and performance too so we have a list of I think 45 criteria that we give a, a rating of say just one to four it's basically you know, have we, is it poor? Is it average? Is it good? Um, above that best practice. So every uh, facility. So, and we don't just look at facil each facility as a whole. We take cross sections through the different infrastructure surrounding the facility. Um, and in particular, looking at where um, differences in foundation or uh, something that might impact the stability in a factor safety calculations, um, we look at those different cross sections and assess them all on the same set of criteria. And so for an organization that has all of these different facilities, to manage risk on. What it does is it gives you a way to compare them on a consistent basis and see which ones have the highest level of risk. So then you can say, okay, which these are the ones that I wanna focus my efforts on first. And then you can drill down into the information to find out in which areas could you improve um, the evaluation by doing some additional work. Sometimes that work might just be improving the management systems pieces or operations elements, but often it would be more in this site investigation or even um, 
adding in you know a tow berm or something like that to improve the stability and bring a few ratings up so it it gives you that perspective and so with these evaluation it was based on some earlier work by Silva Lam and Mar where they they showed relationship between the quality of engineering against um, the factor of safety and a probability of failure and one of the big conversations that I've heard a lot of in the tailings community is you can't just rely on the factor of safety because the probability of failure within one factor safety can be you know several orders of magnitude difference depending yeah. on all the other factors so <clears throat> this is just a way to um, evaluate what your a probability of failure is cl- possibly closer to and what that range might look like and then compare between your facilities it's more to use for decision making right and the nice thing about um, the results is everything's plotted up on graphs so you can see clearly how all the different evaluations play out and what we found was um, when we presented to others in the management who don't know things about the details about tailings and geotechnical engineering yeah they got it you know I, one of the one of them was like wow that it was just so clear for her so um you know that was obviously made me feel really great to hear that but um it was just it was just nice that now we have a way of comparing all these things and and giving a, a process that's consistent um the tool actually we developed criteria for not just tailings facilities but also water management infrastructure rock storage piles and heat leach piles as well so we can yeah. apply it across the board yeah that that's great and you mentioned uh the, the maybe contradictory information or I, I suppose it's supplementary information about factor safety versus probability of failure and and those can be quite different because of the variability of not just the materials but of nature of where the pond location is um, there's not too many materials that are truly homogenous yeah and so if we assign a friction angle of x to one of the materials it's not really that value it varies between different values and it has maybe a well some some kind of distribution between that and as engineers we pick some value that's probably less than the mean value but certainly not the lowest value yeah. and so that's the use of the, the probability of, of failures is to represent some of that variability and that's that that's really great i i think these the scorecards are, are an easy way for the especially the accountable executive to digest these without pouring through a hundred page report and sitting through a two-hour powerpoint presentation so something that they can just flip through and, and see the good, the bad, and the ugly right away without digging into the details. And if they want the details, it's there. And, and that's why they have engineers and others who report to them. But it's really easy to see something on a simple scorecard. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah. So, do you do you find so? Really oh, sorry. So it, to spend your time and effort as um, punishment group. Yeah. So, do you find that the scorecard tends to be the same? format for each of the properties that you work on or or do you have to customize it no we we generally set it up so that it could be applied for any type of facility um and any type of tailing storage um so the questions aren't framed so specifically that um, you can't apply the evaluation to, you know, you, you can use it for the slurry tailings in Palmier, the filter tailings st stack. Um, it, it's applicable to all of those different um, scenarios because it's more of an evaluation of the level of or the quality of work that's been done. Um, we don't dig into the specific details, um, but we rely a lot on the the engineer of record and design engineer to um, translate, I guess, what the quality is, respective of the kind of facility they're currently evaluating. So, yeah, that's that's great. So, how do you see your company and services for this fitting in with other? Uh, participants like the engineer of record, the the uh, the review boards, and who are the third party reviewers? How do you see yourself fitting in there? Um, so I see myself in in the role because often you'll have uh, as a company you'll have multiple sites or facilities and they potentially have different engineers of record and review boards for each of those facilities so this is more for the corporate uh, offices where you can do all those individual evaluations with the appropriate people for each facility and then um, put it on a dashboard um, for decision making and communications so that's kind of where it plays in um, the the engineer of record definitely needs to be involved with the evaluation typically they would be the ones to have the most information and sort of a bit of almost a third party from operations or design or you know that, that they can take a look at things uh, with that perspective and not be the ones doing the work um so that's kind of where that plays in yeah yeah so i would imagine if if a mining company or potential client sees the value in this that you you wouldn't just say yeah here's here's a scorecard and here's a bill for it. you'd 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 want to say well let me help you implement this so that we can make sure you're off on the right foot and and help them get through it uh, at least the first go around. Absolutely. Um, one of the key things that I found in working on the original um, setup was the need to have alignment between the different 
engineers of record doing the evaluations. Um, so what I mean by that is uh, some people may have a, it's not a preference, but a, a tendency, I guess, to see things with a, a rosier uh, glasses uh, and yeah. give them a higher rating than yeah. somebody else looking at that same set of information. And so when I was going through evaluations um, for different sites with different engineers of record, you could clearly pick that out. And so once the evaluations, the initial evaluations were done, we would come together to gain better alignment on, on all of that and adjust the evaluations respectively with those discussions um, so that when you looked at the corporate scorecard, um, you'd have a better comparison, right? So yeah. definitely to provide the support to go through it for um, ongoing updates uh, you know, changes over time, things like that are a little easier for them to take that, um, the tool and, and do that themselves. Um, but more than happy to provide that support yeah. as well to make sure yeah. that you're all covered. So. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Karen, I know it's still early days for the development of the scorecard, but have you, and, and you may not be privy to the information, but have you seen any occurrences where the scorecard has been used to make needed changes for a tailings facility? Um, I would say not quite yet. Um, mm -hmm. However, because it took a period of time to develop the tool, um, we have done periodic updates on a few facilities and could see the benefit of how you can track the changes over time in that level of risk based on you know the work that was planned in the field so before that work's done doing the work and then after um, say updated stability analyses and things like that how the ref results can change so uh, yeah, so that was pretty interesting um, and a good validation, <laughs> I guess, too. Yeah, that, that's great. And for sure, you wouldn't want the scorecards to become like the data that we were talking about previously, where somebody's just going out and checking the box. You don't want yeah. the accountable executive or the responsible tailings engineer just to say, okay, received and put it into a file or a folder or whatever and say okay that's done you want it to be something that's useful and usable and, and used yeah absolutely i you know that this is my biggest um i think question right now is um because because the tool does align so well with the global telling standard i've debated about <clears throat> creating a an output report that would help to indicate whether you meet that standard or not um, and then give you, of course, the ratings um, to compare facilities. But yeah. my hesitation is that it, it turns into an audit tool where somebody is just checking those boxes. And uh, I, I really do want this tool to be something that is used to uh, define where the weaknesses are 
and to create plans of action to to move the needle and then to show that uh, change in the results over time. So um, for me, that's the main thing is is actually taking actions and knowing where to focus some energy. And I think the, the bigger gain of putting the sort of the corporate portfolio of information in there is that now it's it forces companies to also um, assemble all of their relevant documentation for that facility in one place because they have to go through it anyways. <laughs> yeah. And, right? And and a lot of companies haven't done that. They they have information, but it's kind of all over the place or the consultant owns half of it. And um, this kind of forces the issue to um, have access to that information in a more immediate fashion. So it does that. And then it also helps, uh, it helps actually everybody get a full understanding of their situation, right? So it uh, raises their own awareness, really. Yeah, that, that's great. And I, I like how this innovation disrupts, or maybe, maybe not disrupts, but interrupts the way that they've been doing things. Sometimes if you do the same thing for too long, it just becomes uh, a routine and you stop taking it uh, quite so seriously. So it's, it's nice to have something that interrupts the previous processes. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I have to agree. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, well, Karen, it's been great catching up with you and learning more about your, your uh, scorecard and your approach. One of the main reasons that I do this podcast is to make myself a little smarter. So I thank you for making me a little bit smarter today. Yeah. And and I, I do have one more question for you. And is that, do you have any pearls of wisdom or key takeaways that you could leave with us before we part ways? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, based on our discussion that the, main things I'd point out is it's your people, your people who are managing these infrastructure that that are way more critical than ticking boxes on uh, on management system audits. Um, if they, you can have all the paperwork in place, but if your people don't understand what it is that they're managing and why, um, you're really not getting anywhere. And um, yeah, I think, you know, having tools, having tools is great to help make decisions, but you just really need to bring it home with yeah. those teams. Yeah, that, that's great advice. And it goes clear back to the concept of, of letting the people know the importance of the data so they know the importance of collecting and recording and reporting it. Yeah. Yeah, I you know one one last thing I would say the bit of feedback that we got from the site folks, who of course they have to do a review of everything that we've put through to yeah. make sure that we've got all the right information, and they they were really um, pleased to sort of understand a bit more about how they were being evaluated, <laughs> you know, they they were like okay so these are things that we can work on. So it gives them also more to do, you know, like have purpose of their jobs in, 
Yeah, so oh, I yeah. I, I suppose people could take a thing like this to be an audit where they are being criticized for the job that they've been performing and you really don't want it to come off that way. Yeah, no, but they were happy to see, you know, he, here's a list of things that um, are considered. Yeah. And, um, they can help, you know, make yeah. them better. So. Yeah, that's, 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 that's great. And uh, yeah, it, it's always nice to have people changing things in the industry. And, and this is a really nice change, especially for the people that look after tailings and people that are responsible for them. Yeah, well, well, Karen, it's been great catching up with you. I know you're busy, and I'll let you get back to your normal work. But again, thanks for coming on, and, and thanks for sharing your time and your wisdom and your knowledge with us. All right, well, thank you very much. It's been a great conversation today. Yeah, thanks Thanks again, Karen, and have a nice day. All right, you too, thanks. Mm. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rocking. Well, that about does her. Wraps are all up. Things seem to have worked out pretty good for the dude and Walter. And it was a pretty good story, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs>